Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Death, the grave, could not hold Jesus Christ. If that gets you excited today, come on, give him a clap offering of praise. There are so many lessons that we can learn from our empty tomb. I've had our empty tomb removed from that side of the, of the curtain, and it's been brought out to the front so that we've got something to look at as I talk today. The empty tomb is where we find the true power of God. It's amazing, and we get to unpack this story on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, the resurrection, the empty tomb, a risen saviour, there's so much to unpack on this really special day. There's so much that we could look at in the story of Jesus and how he died on Good Friday and was risen again on Easter Sunday. On this day in history, Jesus is exalted to the highest place, to the place where he belongs. He's given the name above every other name, Jesus Christ, and he's a living God today. The empty tomb is where we find our hope for resurrection The empty tomb is where we find our hope for an eternal salvation. The empty tomb is our hope for an inheritance that will never perish, it will never spoil, and it will never die itself. It will never fade away. The empty tomb is our hope for eternity in heaven. We're celebrating today. We're giving praise. We're singing these amazing songs about resurrection. We're gathered as a massive group on the high street in Dunstable today. Many of us are standing here with hope in our hearts that one day we will be with Jesus in heaven. All of that happens and we have all of that because of this empty tomb, because there was a resurrection. On the other hand, as Christians, all of our beliefs, every display of faith that we've ever done, every good work that we could ever do, anything we can do in his name, would all be totally void, totally invalid, and would have zero meaning if the resurrection that we celebrate on Easter Sunday didn't exist and it wasn't true. The Bible says that my preaching, all of the preaching that happens on this stage, would be worthless, worthless if the resurrection didn't happen. Our faith would be completely pointless this morning. Our faith would be misplaced this morning if the resurrection that we've been singing about this morning didn't happen. The resurrection of Jesus is central to everything that we do here at Comchurch. It's the centre of everything. Our belief in the resurrection of Jesus is at the centre. Millions of believers around the world today are celebrating this thing too. And it's the centre of everything that those Christians hold dear. If someone in this world could disprove the resurrection, disprove Jesus rising from the dead, disprove the power over death that Jesus bought when he died, if they could disprove that he conquered the grave, you could take all of Christianity and throw it in the dustbin. It would mean absolutely nothing if this Easter Sunday message that I'm talking about today was not true. That's important, how important this moment in history is. 
That's how catastrophically amazing this moment is. It's huge. That's how important and how huge this one day of Easter Sunday is. This morning, do you know that God loves you? We've gathered here together as Comchurch to let every person know that is going to come out today. We want you to know that God loves you. You know, the reason Easter Sunday exists is because he cares about you and he has an interest in you. That's why we have this Easter celebration. Could I ask you to turn to your Bibles or you could do it digitally on your phone if you've got a phone with you. Take a look at um, Luke 24, 1 to 8. It's a description of um, Easter Sunday, the moment that Jesus was risen from the dead. Luke 24, 1 to 8. Let's read it together. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered these words. You know, the story of the empty tomb is told by all four of the Gospels. Each one adds something slightly different, and there are different features for various different reasons. But there are a few things that we can take from the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and from the empty tomb. Firstly, Sarah on Good Friday did an amazing job of establishing that Jesus died. The fact that there was a tomb establishes that Jesus died. He died for you. And he lost his life. There was no grey area in the fact that he was died. What an amazing example of how Alexander the Great's life story, which we accept so readily, was written. The earliest writings about that are 400 years after, yet the writings of Jesus are within a generation. And yet we have so many people that question whether Jesus did or did not die. Or it's, it's a fact. It's more fact than learning about Alexander the Great. He absolutely died and the existence of a tomb proves so. What an amazing cross-examination you did, Sarah. I've heard it from everybody afterwards. Um, everybody loved what you did the other day on Good Friday. Cross-examination. In room one of our escape room, which is at the back there, we established Jesus wasn't guilty of anything. He wasn't guilty of anything. He'd never committed a crime in his life. Yet he was sent to be executed, crucified, killed, and entombed. That was the message of room one in our escape room. So if he was innocent, why did he die? Why did he have to die? What were the reasons? Well, as Christians, the first reason that he died is for our sin. We believe that he went to the cross, gave his life to carry the punishment for sin that was intended for you and me. And that's what he did on Good Friday. 
He died so that we could have emotional, physical, and spiritual healing in our lives. His stripes that he carried says that we can expect those things. That's why he died, for our sin and for a sinful world. The second reason he died was to conquer death itself, to beat death itself once and for all, to show that our God is not limited by the same things we are. And Jesus came and he died to conquer death. They're the two reasons, our sin and to conquer death. You know, none of the Gospels describe a resurrection. All they do is describe an empty tomb. When you read them, all they describe is an empty tomb. I'm going to come down here to our empty tomb for one moment. I wonder if it could go dark in the room. There's no description like that it's dark and there's a tomb. Like there's no, suddenly it goes dark and then there's, there's a cloud of smoke that comes. I like this button. I've been using it all week. It's, it's, it's too much fun. So like, it's not saying there's a cloud of smoke, then there's rumbles and like, and like, then the lights all start flashing in the tomb and like, there's no description of a resurrection and a description of Jesus rising. There's nothing like that. Thanks guys. What technical genius we are. I mean, seriously. So, but you're going to get some smoke now. So like, but like, I like it. But there was no description of a resurrection. There was just a description of an empty tomb, folded grave clothes, the slab, which is Ollie size. We couldn't, like, I, don't know if Jesus, I don't know if Jesus was Ollie size, but like, that's, the, that's the kind of slab that we made. Sorry, Ollie. I couldn't resist. There was just what we're left with is the description of an empty tomb. Let's look at that Luke scripture a bit closer. Is it okay? The woman, the women, they prepared the spices because they knew the body was laid in this tomb. It was covered in the grave clothes and it was laid there. And they go down to the tomb. They find that the stone is rolled away. The stone is rolled away from the grave. That's how they find it. They look inside and they see that Jesus' body isn't there and it looks something like this. Jesus' body isn't there. They aren't thinking about the resurrection at that point. They're thinking that somebody has stolen Jesus' body. They aren't celebrating the risen Lord like we are today. They're paralyzed by grief because someone has stolen the body of the person that they love. Luke says this, 24 verse 4. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. The woman do what anybody would do when an angel's in front of them or they're surrounded by the presence of God. They worship. They bow their heads down. They put their faces on the ground. And then these two angels that see the woman, they rebuke them a little bit. They say, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why are you entering this tomb? Why are you looking for Jesus here when he's living? Room three in our escape room experience was a place room of death. It was cold. It was damp. It was dark. It was kind of creepy. Who, who got to the last room and felt a little bit creeped out? Exactly. But the one that was meant to be there when you got to room three wasn't there. The last clue was people shouting, he is risen. His dead body was not entombed. It couldn't be found. You know, Jesus predicted this. In this scripture that we've been reading, the prediction is there. On the third day, he would rise again. The angel points this out to the women. 
Remember the words of Jesus, they said to them. They remembered his words and they wondered what on earth could all this mean. The woman sprinted back to the disciples and told them what has happened. But the disciples didn't believe the women when they told them. I mean, who would? It's a crazy story. These women run back to tell the disciples, they go, Jesus' body isn't there. Don't be stupid. What are you talking about? It's a crazy story. Luke says in his, in his account, he says that their words were like nonsense. So the story goes on in later verses, and Peter, after hearing this description that Jesus' body isn't there, he gets up and he runs to the tomb. He looks inside to see the strips of grave clothes like we have laid out here this morning. He just finds that. And he also goes away from the empty tomb wondering, what on earth has happened here? Of course, you all know the story, and I know the story. Jesus later appears to the disciples. He eats with them, and he stays with them. But I want to quickly fast forward one, one week and read the final scripture that I'm going to bring today. And that's John 20, verse 24, if you're able to turn to that. In this scripture, we like fast forward on the button um, a whole week. So let's try this. Now Thomas, also known as Dinabas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, a week later, the disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, notice this, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. What a great story. Well, an amazing story. I read this story. The first question that came to my mind when I read it was, why did the stone roll away in Luke 24 that we just read? Why was the stone rolled away? Here we have Jesus with a brand new supernatural body walking through closed doors, walking through walls and appearing to the disciples with his new supernatural body. So why on earth, back in Luke 24, do we find that the stone was rolled away? It certainly wasn't for Jesus' exit. His new body didn't require a door to move. His new supernatural body didn't need an opening for him to walk through. Here in Luke, we, here, in, um, here, here we see the account of Thomas where he just walks through into the room. The stole rolling away back in Luke had nothing to do with Christ's exit or escape from the tomb. That room of death was not what was holding Jesus Christ. We see he didn't need it. His new body that was supernaturally miraculous could just enter through walls. Could it be that the stone in Luke was rolled away so the disciples and witnesses could access this miracle for themselves? I wonder if that's why. Could it be that the stone was rolled away so the testimony of the resurrection 
could be exposed in 2019 on the high street in Dunstable. Is that possible? Could it be possible that stolen is rolled away as your invitation in? Is this your moment to access into something? Friends, the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we celebrate this Easter is about our access into the kingdom of God. It may never have been about his escape out of a tomb. It is these elements of the Easter story, it's these elements, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we must believe and accept by faith that secures our access to salvation and the promises therein. We have to believe this. We have to believe in Jesus Christ to receive the promise of salvation. This is why there was an open tomb, so that we could look in. This is how important this moment in history is. Every single person in this room, our salvation rests on this moment. Easter is more about your access into the story than it is about Jesus' escape. I want to close this message this morning and remind us that on Good Friday, Jesus did die. Sarah unpacked it and made a clinical case for Jesus' death. Jesus foretold he was going to die, and he died. Tick. Today, on Easter Sunday, Jesus also foretold that he was going to rise from the dead days later. And on Easter Sunday, he rose from the dead. Tick. To everybody that's hearing my voice this morning, Jesus made one other promise. And that is that he's coming back one day. So if he did number one, and he did number two... Why should we think that he is not going to do number three? That makes no sense. How long have I got? I've got a minute. We've gone quite quick this morning. There's an urban legend that me and Sarah Payne have been talking about for a week now. We love it. It's, it's definitely an urban legend. There's definitely dispute over it. But we actually really love it. It inspired us and it made us happy. Is that a good way to frame it? It just made us happy. You know... In a Jewish household at the time of Jesus, when someone was having a meal, um, when, they would, when the master of the house would have a meal, if he left something crumpled up by the side of the plate, it meant he was done. I'm finished. I've got nothing else. In the accounts in, in Scripture, when you read it, you see that the face cloth that covered Jesus, if you read all of the different accounts, you say the face cloth was folded. And in the household... If there was a folded cloth, it meant the master of the house was coming back to finish that meal. Now, in the scripture, this is, it's, it's, it's a fable, it's nice, but I just want you to capture the excitement in my heart when I see this. Jesus folded his face cloth, and it was sat there. I wonder if you're ready for the master to come back. Are you ready for Tim to come back? This is not the end of the story. He had other stuff to do. I love that. I love that. I love that story. But if he did number one and he did number two, he definitely died. He definitely rose again. Why should we have any doubt in our hearts that he's coming back one day? I'm going to conclude if the band could start making their way back to the stage because the chocolate time is coming. Church, Com Church, let's take ownership of this story, please. This message of hope, apply it to your life. The message of the resurrection, apply it to your life. 
What would happen if you and I not only applied it to our lives, but told people about it? We're at the climax here. This moment is the climax of 10 days of 33 AD, where we deliberately went out to tell the story of Jesus's resurrection, as I've laid it out today, in a different way to our community. That's what Comchurch exists for. If you go and read our Um, Our articles of association of why we exist, number one, above feeding the hungry and helping the poor and all of those things, it's furthering the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number one, that's why we exist. When you sow into the charity that we have set up for here, that's the number one thing we want to do, as much as we love doing all those other things. And 33 AD was the pinnacle so far in my church life of us sharing that message to people in our town. But what would happen if you and I not only applied it to our lives, but we just constantly told others about it? We can't just love people to the cross, as important as that is. Don't get me wrong, I love it. You can love people to the cross, but there is also a responsibility on each Christian's shoulders, like I am doing today, to teach and pass on the message of hope that we have through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That responsibility remains with all of us. I don't think that God gave his one and only son to die on a cross, to be raised from the grave, just so that you and I can feel good. That's not why. God's power is revealed through the empty tomb. His power to transform was revealed through the empty tomb. His power to renew your life was found in the empty tomb. His power to bring hope and the hope and assurance and peace of everlasting life is yours because of this empty tomb. The stone was rolled away as an invitation for you to come in, not because Jesus needed to get out. End of. Let's pray. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, I want to encourage you. This is, there's no better day to decide that I'm going to become a follower of Jesus than Easter Sunday. In fact, any day is actually the greatest decision you'll ever make whenever you make it. But maybe you've been part of church for a long time and you feel like you've drifted away from the message of the resurrection, that maybe God isn't hearing you anymore or You've moved away, you've backslidden, some people call it, or you just move further away from God. If that's you, in this moment of worship that we have at the end of this story, you can come and you can just come to God. You don't have to come to me. You don't have to come to the front of this church. You can just set your heart towards God. You can say a simple prayer. And we're going to pray it together. I'm going to ask every eye to close and every head to bow. Come church, join me in praying with this prayer with anybody that wants to pray it for the first time or you want to come back to Jesus. Pray this prayer. Father God, we thank you that you went to the cross for our sin. We believe in you. We believe that the grave could not hold you. We believe that you raise again and you've gone to prepare a place for us one day. Lord, right now we take, we're going to make the most of every day we have on this earth. We're going to turn from our sin and we're going to live for you. Thank you for opening the stone on your grave and inviting me into the story.
We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, what are you going to do with this story? What are you going to do with this message? We must tell others, don't hold it to yourself. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless you.